and welcome to Life in the Clouds, a podcast about anything from enterprise technology to software development to current industry trends. I am your co-host, Brittany Colson, a cloud evangelist, alongside Dustin Bennett, a software development engineer. And this is Life in the Clouds. All right. Well, Dustin, uh, so what we were really supposed to talk about today was actually something that we keep joking about, um, which is augmented reality or AR. Um, so I guess, why don't you kick us off by what you think the definition or what your definition of augmented reality is? And then let's talk about some of this stuff in the news because Coachella has been crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, like, why don't we do that? You want to set the stage with, uh, like, how did we broach this topic just conversationally between us? Or I can lay that down if you want to. Okay, yeah. Why don't you lay? I'll, 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 I'll set it up actually. Okay. okay. So I scroll through LinkedIn a lot because I, you know, whatever. As people do, you get sick of anyone newsfeed, so you kind of go through all of them. LinkedIn is mainly interesting, especially in this blog, and so I tend to click on a lot more articles that people post um, because for the most part, it's usually just boasting about the company that they work at. So, uh, one of my, one of the people that are a guy I went to high school with quite literally works for Bose and posted Bose is bringing augmented reality audio to Coachella with its new frames. And I laughed out loud actually on the couch and Dustin was like, what are you laughing at? And I was like, what's augmented reality audio? And he was like, what? And I was like, I don't know. Bose is bringing it to Coachella. So, Dustin, why don't you take it from here? Because your reaction annoyed me at first. (laughs) Yeah, and I think that conversation was told a little bit uh, revisionistly, if I can invent a word on the spot. (laughs) So the way that I recall it, you were sitting on the couch and you said, oh my God, so cool. Did you see that Coachella is using Bose AR glasses? And I rolled my eyes and said no very condescendingly. And that's the behavior with which you took offense. Oh, yeah. yeah, I always retell stories so that you seem nicer. (laughs) Uh, That's good. I mean, try to make me look good. We got in the discussion. You're like, well, why did you roll your eyes? Like, isn't that cool? And then uh, without even having known anything about it, I'm like, it's not, it's, there's no way that this is that cool. And within probably 45 seconds of clicking, found that essentially what they're doing is what Oakley had done 10 years ago with their like MP3 built in sunglasses. Like they've got, they have speakers and. But they put augmented reality as a. Right. right. So it made it super cool. Of course. Any... But then we started digging into what is augmented reality and how a lot of these terms, I think the word cloud is oftentimes bastardized really in a lot of the news sources or maybe by these marketing agencies we were talking about, to be honest. So anyway, what is your definition of augmented reality? I learn everything through marketing. So I believe exactly what they say all the time. <laughs> No, I think that (laughs) I think that obviously using augmented reality nowadays, and we talked a bit last time about buzzwords, and we'll probably use a lot of buzzwords here, but you can't really have faith in buzzwords, especially when you see them in advertisements. So I looked up the definitions mainly for this podcast because the definitions are also bullshittery and tap dancing. (laughs) 
<laughs> so augmented reality, noun, a technology that superimposes a computer-generated image on a user's view of the real world, thus provi providing a composite view. And for those of you that didn't know what composite view was, I did. I just wanted to also define it. It's defined... <laughs> as a way of displaying attribute information that represents a complete picture of a member. So a composite view can be an entity most current attribute or a EMCA member. Nice. Thank you for the by the book definition. And maybe I'll just uh, launch into a little bit of a diatribe about what I, what, how I view augmented reality generally and kind of where it's been, where it's going. The only exception I would take with that by the book definition is I don't necessarily see it limited to imagery, right? I think it could be potentially any of the senses that have stimulation generated that's not actually in the real world. So stimuli that are created created through an artificial mechanism. Like being able to hear things out of your eyes. Not being able to hear things out of your eyes. The bow, my point is that- That's the, the correlation to the bow sunglasses though, right? No, I'm saying that it's augmented reality strictly in the sense that it's augmenting auditory reality, not visual reality. But most of the marketing that has been shown in advertising around the Bose glasses at Coachella seem to imply or, you you know, cause someone to take inference that it's more of a Google Glass type experience and you'll Totally. I thought you were going to be able to throw on these cool looking sunglasses, look at the the concert stage and like have colors pop out of the drum sets and like the microphone, you know, be in those like kind of like 80s neon like color waves. Like that's what I thought upon reading this headline. I think that you're talking about a different way to augment reality, <laughs> not necessarily through technology. <laughs> no, I am not. <laughs> I am actually talking about what I thought that these AR sunglasses really did. I did think that it was more like a Google Glass to your point but then i was like no, no no you were like no they just put speakers on sunglasses babe and i was like oh right it is bose and then i was like audio ar i was like can they even say that we've come full circle to this whole idea of augmented reality and also the idea of marketing taking a swing at that word <laughs> Yeah, and in fairness, I, I did look a little bit deeper this morning as we were doing some of the prep for the podcast. The Coachella app itself does have some of the things that you're uh, alluding to, but it requires you to kind of hold up your phone similar to like an Instagram or Snapchat where you can place the stormtroopers in your room and pan the video around. They have some integration with technology on certain stages where they will be able to place three-dimensional objects around the stage which i think they're generally like using a, like a space theme like they'll hang spaceships and planets in the air and you'll be able to pull up your phone open the app open the camera with your app and kind of look through that to see oh my god you know what's gonna happen it's gonna be like pokemon go in new york city there's gonna be so many like bose sunglass like phone accidents right <laughs> if that happens let's <laughs> 
Let's definitely capture that. That happened here when PAX was in Boston a few weeks ago. We had a lot of Pokemon Go conglomerations at various points, which was quite annoying. Well, I was in New York City when that launched. And we actually, in the New York City Google office, everyone would play. Like, you'd have to, like, deke around the corners correctly. Actually, one of the older women I worked with was, like, obsessed with it. And I always thought that was really funny that she just loved playing Pokemon Go everywhere. And I bet there is going to be a lot of accidents. We were talking a little bit, I think, that it's not as much of, like, Pokemon Go because it's not an artificial crowd creation around something that doesn't exist in the real world. Like, at Coachella, you the crowds exist anyway, so it's not going to be a, as much of a crowd problem. Yeah, that's true. But to your point about people not paying attention and trying to... You have the same problem with the Instagram stars, right? I just, in my head, I had this really awesome visual of, like, two chicks with flower crowns, like, walking around with their phones, trying to take pictures with, like, spaceships and, I don't know, Ariana Grande on stage and, like, all, like, knocking their phones out or, like, hurting themselves. I guess that's kind of messed up. But anyway, that's (laughs) kind of the image I I took. I share your hopes that we have some video. (laughs) there it's like the same the same feeling you get from watching both firefest documentaries back to back like watching people stumbling into each other at coachella because they're trying to take pictures of invisible spaceships will be hilarious just a roll of an ankle or (laughs) yeah we don't want like 30 we don't yeah we don't want it we don't want anyone seriously hurt we just want a few people kind of hurt because of the right A dropped and broken phone or several would be great. Yeah. (laughs) Because Coachella is, I think, the most expensive concert to go to all year, right? So it is kind of fire festival-esque. As we talked before, I like like concerts, but I don't keep up with on tabs with what's the most expensive concert to go to. I know. Now, Uh, E! News is not your number one Instagram story you look at? I follow no companies on Instagram. (laughs) Right. Or celebrities. Sick. (laughs) Okay, but diving back into just generally AR, like I said, my, my definition is just any external stimuli. We kind of diverged a little bit where you said, does that mean hearing from your eyes? No, I don't think so. I think it's definitely, we already have visual and auditory augmented reality. We've had it for almost as long as we've had computers, at least 15 years. I was working on augmented reality at MIT in 2004, which we talked about yesterday. We had, it was back in the days of like the iPack compact palm pilots with the old school like Windows Mobile so like C Sharp app that we built for teachers of elementary middle and junior high where we at the time had external GPS devices because the GPS wasn't built in they were Bluetooth connected and we would offer for teachers to come to campus and we would work with them to set up and configure a scientific game essentially so for instance you had to walk around Cambridge Massachusetts and interview characters that would show up on your map on the PDA to find out the source of a chemical spill or how a radiation leak occurred with like a fake Geiger counter and people like fake characters placed around. So I feel like you're nerd incepting right now. (laughs) (laughs) Like I understand what you're doing, but then in the same time, I'm like, this was 2004 and they had to connect like eight devices to even be able to do what we could easily do with a mobile app on our smartphone now. Yeah. I mean, maps integration. And although I would say it's not that much different. Yeah. Maybe the forum factor is a little bit smaller, but there's 
no like there there hasn't been a whole lot of very novel inventions in this space like same thing can be said with a lot of the like ai and machine learning yeah we have faster processors and maybe we're able to do the things a bit more at speed and at scale but it's not we're not inventing brand new techniques all the time every day. So anyway, it, it, it's been around for a while. Now I think that, to your point, marketing and advertising specifically have picked up onto this wave of um, it's getting a little bit more cool in various areas. So anything that can now be stretched to be called an augmented reality or AR thing is, even though most people who are technologically savvy have a bit of a higher internal bar for like what is actually augmented reality, similar to artificial intelligence, right? Yeah, I actually, you know, we've been talking about this idea, um, or I have with kind of fellow people that I've been working with, whether they be analysts or whether they be peers of mine at other companies or whatnot. But the idea that in technology, you kind of go through these phases of adoption and then architecting, right? So it's like, you either adopt kind of new technologies and you have kind of waves of adoption, right? First movers, we kind of talked about this earlier when it came to no one wants to be necessarily the first one. But you know, if you are the first one and succeed, you get a ton of accolades. It's just if you're the first one and don't succeed, most times you die from that. So, <laughs> but anyway, uh, I digress. I, I think also kind of along those lines, it's like most things, it's definitely cyclical, but it's also the technology development cycle will follow like a standard product development life cycle, right? Where you can't just launch a product and run that wave infinitely. Like the revenue from a product introduction into the market will decline over time and you have to have a steady stream of new products that you're introducing. Oh um, yeah, I think I think it's kind of a constant balance, right? And I think you're right. I think the marketing function within an organization helps with adoption of products, you know, and the, the engineering function helps with re-architecting them. So they kind of ebb and flow at, at different times in the market. It's time to talk about our sponsor, G1 Consulting Group. G1 provides many services from software implementation to strategic business development. Their diverse team of consultants has experience across dozens of industries and companies. What sets G1 apart is its focus on cultivating a trusted partnership with their clients, ultimately sharing in outcomes and successes. If you have a project that's stuck or a new initiative that you're undertaking or need help exploring the business landscape, contact G1 Consulting Group. You can find them at www.g1cg.com. That's www.g, the number one, cg.com. Here's um, just one other thing while we're still on the AR point. I mentioned kind of any external stimuli. One thing that I don't think we've, I, I haven't seen a whole lot of is the other senses outside of sight and hearing. Yeah, right? I mean, minorly touch, but not really oh, even. Right, a little bit. But I mean, you could imagine like with like nanomaterials, like uh, like you could potentially have a bodysuit that somehow in the not too distant future could have like an electrical pulse grid that inflicts sensations on you. And same thing with like you know smell-o-vision has been one of those things that was like a fake thing but it may actually be feasible at some point but can you introduce that as well and yeah then, i think almost more often than not like i guess the taste senses right have been augmented more but then the other idea is like going back to this article of augmented reality audio couldn't a massage chair be considered augmented reality touch 
I don't think so because it's not necessarily okay. augmenting your reality. That's that would be like making an analog like a movie would be an augmented reality audio and visual thing, which it's not. So it would technically be like, like Snapchat. That's why Snapchat is. Snapchat has augmented reality type things because you can like you and they can put things in the physical world that appear in the physical world that aren't really there. Like an augmented reality. Side note: My favorite function in Snapchat is to put our bitmojis. <laughs> our rooms and have our bitmojis like interact with each other i find it hilarious <laughs> anyway okay yeah you're right i get it okay i was just trying to touch the bases so i mean then i guess if taste has been augmented it's not an augmented reality in case like all of a sudden i said now you'll taste you know thanksgiving dinner and you automatically taste it without actually doing anything different so I, I would say that taste is probably the hardest one to make direct applicable like hypotheses about because on like in reality day to day, you're not just going around randomly experiencing tastes, right? You have to be eating something or like, go, like and then you're not necessarily augmenting that experience. So I don't, I've never really been able to make a discrete connection to that sense. So I, I guess what I'm asking is like, you know, in Willy Wonka, right? The everlasting gobstopper or Veronica... Veruca Salt, right? That was her name, who turned into the a blueberry, blueberry when she chewed gum. <laughs> so with like the gum in that case, like I guess what I'm trying to do is really kind of take this word augmented reality and give as many analogies in the different senses since now Bose is opening up augmented reality audio. What other augmented reality? I want augmented reality taste. What is that? <laughs> I, see, I don't know that that's a thing. Like if anybody could uh, contact us and reach out with like a pretty solid explanation or example, would love to hear it. Because I I'm... think, well, that's what I'm saying. I think gum would be an augmented reality because you're not like the, the sensory of chewing is still feeling. That's not tasting. So taste changes, even though it's a different thing. But right? the but the gum is reality. Like it's it's what it's a, it, it's a food. That that's another like that's again I think like a, watching a movie and saying that that's augmented but reality, but it's not. Like you don't going through real like you you're not like maybe if you've got something where but again this is like putting a new reality not necessarily augmenting a current reality but if you have like a dental implant that can cause you to taste certain things throughout the day or as you're going to like maybe you so walk maybe you walk through nothing else has to change so it's not like i could have a piece of gum it's just all of a sudden I taste blueberries when I walk through a blueberry field. Sure, yeah. Or I had another a little bit more crass analogy of you're walking through a horse farm and you taste the horse shit as you smell it on top of it. So that could also be an application. Well, now everyone's <laughs> mouths are just furry, Dustin. Nice. Have Shout you out been to tasting horse shit? <laughs> I know. Wait, okay, so we'll do a side note because I think it's fun if people get to know who we are. So my older sister is an equine vet or horse veterinarian, um, for those of you that, again, need definitions to things. But uh, Dustin, Dustin, like, finds this fascinating. Like, he has a hard time thinking about how she gets in a truck every morning and goes to barns for her job and literally deals with horse shit. Plus, I'm a huge Rick and Morty fan, and <laughs> I'm not able to get over that image. Like, especially a couple scenes where she's doing the open heart surgery and Jerry just, like, doesn't really care. Or when she has, 
that brings the deer into the snake vet, and they have an argument about whether the deer is more like a horse or a snake. <laughs> I just can't get Rick and Morty out of my mind whenever we anchor on Equine Vet. Oh, God. Considering that we only have 10 listeners, and one is probably my sister. <laughs> she's going to love it. I think she's really going to revel in this. Um, but cater, anyway, cater, that cater. side note over, but... <laughs> You gotta cater to your audience. Marketing one hundred and one. I guess so. Oh, now he's giving tips. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. So we've gone through the definitions of augmented reality. We've kind of gone through what is or isn't. Although I'm still unclear on the sense thing because if you can smell something in order to taste something else, can't you chew something in order to taste something else? I feel like my definition of augmented reality, especially in all the senses, which I think the definition of augmented reality was only supposed to be visual which takes me again back to this bastardization of using the term augmented reality in these Bose sunglasses and that's I think it's becoming a pet peeve of mine in the industry is when we take terms and we make them something they don't mean yeah I mean I do think that it's true that marketing sales advertising will latch on to anything that's you know, generating revenue in the marketplace. And if they're even close to be able to justify using that terminology, they definitely will. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like, who is kind of regulating this justification? I guess, I mean, I guess it's just the news articles that put it out there, right? They're consenting by the fact that they're publishing. Right. Well, also, there's some there's some agency, I, I would imagine that you know better than I, but there's a regulatory body that governs the content of ads and accuracy of ads. Not that they necessarily do a good job or fully understand it, but there's a federal agency that polices misinformation in advertising. I mean, sure, if you're using a statistic, you have to show the study in which you got the statistic from. And in food advertising, like specific labels mean specific things, and you're just not able to put words on packaging for like organic means a specific thing. Like there are. Sure, the FDA, though, does not regulate the tech industry. Hold on, I'll tell you marketing regulations in US. Yeah, FTC. FTC regulates it. Federal Trade Federal Trade Commission, yeah. But does it... Yeah, so... I don't think that it goes back, though, to technical stuff. Back to the point, one of the FTC's main charters is, under the law, claims and advertisements must be truthful, cannot be deceptive or unfair, and must be evidence-based. For some specialized products or services, additional rules may apply. Now, you know, there's a lot of leeway and a lot of gray areas in those definitions, but there is a regulatory body who polices the validity of content of advertising. I am just challenging you because as someone that is in IT technical marketing, there is very few regulations of how you define certain things. In fact, I think a lot of vendors go out and define things or make words up (laughs) to define things a lot of the time. Now there is kind of standardized industry term. Well, I think we had this discussion a few months ago too of like, what is the definition of cloud? And the definition of cloud is so ridiculously broad that almost anything could be considered cloud. 
there is the uh, it's the NIST, I believe. Yeah, the National Institute of Standards and Technology. So I knew that there was a governing board. Now that governing board, though, is not as powerful as the FDA or the Federal Trade Commission or something like that. But I would say that if if someone generates a lawsuit showing material damages based on an advertisement that was not compliant with NIST standards, the Federal Trade Commission would be able to enforce that. However, I also agree with you that the NIST makes definitions overly broad. My guess is that no one would be able to mount a lawsuit that would even come close, specifically in the definition of cloud, but you can extrapolate that to other emerging technology things. A lot of the things that we use are not standardly defined. Like augmented reality. Is that an NIST definition, actually? So I looked up on the NIST, and their website mainly just publishes publications that have happened. So like augmented reality for standards development or augmented reality, they don't actually have a definition of some things. Now, the NIST does define things like cloud. I think um, maybe it's IEEE that would have more of the definitions. Anyway, I think this idea of technical definitions externally facing are cloudy, right? Cloud being the center of all of that, which I think is so interesting in our def- in our reality of what we do. What is, what is the definition of cloud? Do you have that pulled up? Um, actually, yeah. The NIST definition of cloud computing, which was published on September 28, 2011 by authors Peter M. Mell and Timothy Grants. It's just a paper, but essentially the abstract is cloud computing is a model for enabling ubiquitous, convenient, on-demand network access to a shared pool of configurable computing resources, for example, network, servers, storage, applications, and services that can be rapidly provisioned and released with minimal management effort or service provider interaction. This cloud model is composed of five essential characteristics, three service models, and four deployment models. So they actually do kind of give an ambiguous term to like what a cloud computing model is really kind of rapidly provisioned they don't give any idea rapidly can be you know definitely debated in the rule of court right i mean i think the point there minimal management (laughs) not to dig into the specific definition of cloud but the point there is is just overly broad right right you could use it for almost anything but you know it is funny that they have cited in this paper this cloud model is composed of five essential characteristics three service models and four deployment models yeah i mean i think though regardless of how accurate the marketing may be or may be perceived the the key takeaway for me on a lot of this ar stuff is there is a lot of cool happenings going on in the industry and in the world so definitely excited about kind of where it is in the future of where it and where it might go to the point like very specific things may not be as exciting as companies want you to think that they will be it's true although they did initially get me to say oh that's cool (laughs) when i read it so (laughs) that's the point and now we've been talking about bose at coachella for you know half hour so mission accomplished i guess guess so yeah Um, but anyway if anybody is heading to coachella and gets to experience the the bose headphones and app ar we're curious to hear about what your experience is like yeah definitely and whether or not you were wearing a flower crown (laughs) circumstance would be a key attribute bonus points for video 
videos of people um, failing trying to take pictures of the augmented objects in space. Yeah, in fact, we'll post those videos. Absolutely. <laughs> I think that's, yeah, that's a guaranteed post. Absolutely. So. All right, well, thanks, guys. And that's the wrap for episode three. Guys and gals. Guys and gals. Well, I always, you know, whatever. Y'all. How about y'all? Thanks, y'all. No. <laughs> Not for you. <laughs> I can do that. All right. Well, that's a wrap for episode three. Yeah, thanks again for tuning in to Life in the Clouds, and we hope you all have a great week. Signing off from Brittany. And Dustin. 